All right, into hour two. From the Doug Lacey's Basin Systems downtown studios here in Calgary, Alberta. Still to come this hour, we'll head down to Winnipeg. Checking on the Jets with our pal Andrew the Hustler Patterson from Winnipeg Sports Talks. Adam Lowry, named the third captain of Winnipeg Jets 2.0. Taking over from Blake Wheeler and before him, Andrew Ladd. But still, Mark Shifley and Connor Hellebuck in the fold ahead of training camp. Excited to chat with Huss coming up a little bit later on this hour. Hour one, filled with lots of football talk. After that incredibly entertaining Monday night football showdown between the Jets and the Bills. If you missed anything in hour one, you can check it out on the podcast, Google, Amazon, Spotify, wherever you get your favorite podcasts. All the shows go up moments after every hour finishes here on Sportsnet 960. The fan. We are going to chat a little bit about the Toronto Blue Jays. Disappointing loss to start their series against the Texas Rangers last night. But we're starting with hockey and a back and forth that's happened throughout the day. You might be familiar with the Spit and Chicklets podcast. It's part of the Barstool Sports Network of podcasts hosted by former Edmonton Oilers defenseman Ryan Whitney, former NHL enforcer Paul Bissonnette. Uh, it's been a, a very popular podcast in the hockey world. Lots of former players, current players uh, throughout the years. They've had plenty of news, interesting stories that have come up uh, throughout it. And interesting enough, of course, former Calgary Flame, uh, Mike Commodore, good friend of, of the program here, and he's been on that podcast lots. Um, they've been very vocal about, uh, as you would expect from a highly – player side player sided I'll say podcast that when there are certain coaches or players or GMs that aren't well liked it's shared among the players and this is a podcast with former players hosting it so one of the, the common themes there has been uh, a general dislike of, of Mike Babcock during his time in Toronto uh, in Detroit or whether or not you know those, all those stories you don't need to go through all of them uh, that have happened over the years. That's why he's been out of the NHL for a very long time. Uh, but is now, if you've missed it, going back earlier this summer, back as the head coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets. And it's interesting to note that as of today, from one of their latest podcasts, the Spit and Chicklets guys have shared another story about Mike Babcock that has people raising their eyebrows. We won't play the audio for you because there's a back and forth going here and um, we're not taking sides. We're not here to judge one way or the other. But essentially what's happened is Paul Bissonnette, former NHLer, has said that he's received texts from Columbus Blue Jackets players that Mike Babcock has been asking players to come into his office and go through their photos in their phone to gauge what kind of person they are. And that included Jackets head coach, or excuse me, Jackets captain Boone Jenner. Obviously, given Babcock's history in the league, uh, questions about how he handled things with former players on different teams, this raised a lot of eyebrows as to why a coach 
would need to or want to go through someone's phone to look at what photos they have as a, a gauge of what kind of person they are. This obviously has taken off in a big way. Aaron Port's line of The Athletic, who covers the Columbus Blue Jackets, after this clip was released on the Spit and Chicklets Twitter account, said the Jackets were aware of these allegations, they're looking into them, and not long after that, we got a statement from the Jackets, from head coach Mike Babcock and Boone Jenner. I'll read both of them to you. From Mike Babcock, quote, While meeting with our players and staff, I asked them to share off their phones family pictures as part of the process of getting to know them better. There was absolutely nothing more to it than that. The way this was portrayed on the Spit and Chicklets podcast was a gross misinterpretation of those meetings and extremely offensive. Those meetings have been very important and beneficial, not only for me, but for our players and staff as well. And to have them depicted like this is irresponsible and completely inaccurate. Captain Boone Jenner, who was mentioned by the Spit and Chicklets guy as someone that had this happen to him with Babcock, uh, was part of this quote. And he said, uh, quote, while meeting with Babs, he asked me about my family, where I'm from, my upcoming wedding, and hockey-related stuff. He then asked if I had pictures of my family. I was happy to share some with him. He showed me pictures of his family. I thought it was a great first meeting and a good way for us to build a relationship. To have this blown out of proportion is truly disappointing. Now, since then, surprising no one, both Ryan Whitney, Mike Commodore, and Paul Bissonette have since responded to that jacket statement saying that that's not what he's been told. He's had other players on the team text him and say the exact same thing, that they've had other players confirm that what they had said on their podcast was accurate and that this statement from Mike Babcock was essentially not true. And look, I'm, I'm not going to get in the middle of, <laughs> of, of these two guys. I don't know who's right and wrong. I don't have any NHL contacts. I don't have anybody telling me one way or the other, I would say this. It's not a good start for the Columbus Blue Jackets, who already had plenty of people questioning the hiring of Mike Babcock and whether or not that was the smart choice for their team. I hope it's not true. I, I certainly hope that all of the things that Mike Babcock talked about, you know, learning over the years how to deal with people, how to deal with players on a more respectful level, is actually what's happened. But the history doesn't and this is and th this is why it's become a story is because the history does isn't on Mike Babcock's side here. Right? That's what everyone's worried about is that this is something that Mike Babcock could have done during his time in Toronto when people talked about how he, you know, had a, a different way of getting to know players that didn't make people feel comfortable. He was interested in information that didn't really have anything to do with what he needed to do as a hockey coach. And I, I hope it's not true. It's a worrying accusation. It's for those two sides to figure out. I'm not going to give you an opinion as to whether it happened or didn't happen because I have no clue. But if that's if it is more than just, hey, I just want to see, I want to get to know you. What's your family like? Oh, that's your daughter. That's great. That's fantastic. I got a couple of grandkids around her age. Whatever. That's fine, but I feel for Boone Jenner, who's all of a sudden 
stuck in between this. You've got former players, allegedly, or current players on your team texting the guys on Spit and Chicklets saying, hey, yeah, he did that to me too, and he's you know, wants to know all about me by going through my phone and all this sort of stuff. That's not okay. And it would prove that Mike Babcock hasn't learned anything being away from the NHL if that happens to be true. Is it true? Again, I have no idea. I'm not making any statement one way or the other. It's just a really concerning story that's gained a lot of traction today because, look, whether you love the Spit and Chicklets guys or not, whether they're your cup of tea or not, when you make that sort of statement that guys are reaching out to you and saying these sort of things, you better well back it up. And even after the statement from Babcock and Jenner, both of these guys have come out and said, yeah, we've got more players from the team telling us that this is true. So if that is true, Columbus needs to take an obvious look into this and figure out just what's going on. Because if it is more than what Babcock started to say, you got a couple weeks till training camp to figure it out. If that is what it is, get Babcock out of there, start fresh. But it's the last thing you needed if you were Mike Babcock and the Columbus Blue Jackets heading into this season. It's just, I don't, again, I don't know whether it's true or not. I hope it's not. But it's a really concerning story to start things off in Columbus before Mike Babcock has even hit the ice with his new team. A couple of uh, texts coming in on the story between... Spitting chicklets and Mike Babcock. Uh, Shoes text in saying, I'd fire Babcock on the spot. How about getting to know them by just talking to them or just going for a beer with them like a normal person? Unbelievable. Our pal Matt and Cochran texting in. Appreciate you, Matt. Uh, either Babcock's statement is true and his players are blowing it out of proportion to get him fired or the players that leaked it to spitting chicklets are telling the truth and the organization is trying to cover for Babcock's issues before training camp has even started. Uh, this one says, so if Boone is lying, he's going to fail with his teammates as a captain. They're likely to shut him out 100% if Boone Jenner's. And that's why I feel bad for the guy. Obviously, if this thing's happening, I would prefer him to tell the truth. But he's kind of stuck between the rock and a hard place as the captain. You've got loyalty to the organization. And maybe this situation, the same situation didn't happen to him as it's happened to other teammates. And he's kind of caught up in the middle of this. And as one person says... The rumor boys at it again, stirring the pot. I wouldn't listen to anything that Biz says. I said this before and I'll say it again. If they're going to go as hard as they have at Babcock over this, and they've gone pretty hard today about it, I hope you're right. That, that's all I'm going to say. I hope if you're going to spread that kind of stuff out there, you're going to provide those kind of accusations about how a guy's handling his team. I, I hope they're right. I uh, didn't want to move on to baseball for a quick second here. We've got uh, Andrew the Hustler Patterson coming up next segment to talk about Adam Lowry uh, and uh, his captaincy in Winnipeg. But uh, Jays kicked off a series against the Texas Rangers last night. Not the start to the series the Jays were hoping for. Uh, with the latest on the Jays, here's today's Jays report with Taylor Dingman. Time now for the Jays report on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Here's Taylor Dingman.
last night, the Toronto Blue Jays and Texas Rangers opened up their four-game series. In the early innings, the Rangers took the lead as Mitch Garver scored on a disengagement violation. But the Blue Jays quickly responded in the bottom of the second. Alejandro Kirk and George Springer came through with clutch singles, putting the Blue Jays ahead 2-1. to one. However, Evan Carter's homer in the top of the third tied the game at two apiece. Ground ball towards third. Biggio runs towards the third base back, tags the runner for one out, throw to first to get a double play! Kevin Biggio does it again on the diamond! A remarkable defensive play by Kevin Biggio! In the fifth inning, Kevin Biggio made a beautiful double play to get the Jays out of trouble, but Corey Seager's single put the Rangers back in the lead 3-2. to two. The top of the six saw another error from Chris Bassett where Robbie Grossman scored on a wild pitch and Jonah Heim padded the lead with an RBI double. The Blue Jays fought back with Spencer Horowitz scoring on a sacrifice fly by Kevin Biggio, bringing the Jays within two. Heim hits it high and deep out to left field. Varsho stopped by the wall and it is gone. Jonah Heim with a grand slam here in the seventh inning. But the seventh inning provided to be a turning point. The Rangers extended their lead with Robbie Grossman's sack flight and a grand slam by Jonah Heim, making it 10-3 Rangers. Hit high in the air, out to right field, into the corner, and it's going to go. Kevin Biggio delivers a leadoff home run in the ninth inning for Toronto. Kevin Biggio provided a late spark for the Blue Jays with a solo home run in the bottom of the ninth making the final score 10-4 for the Rangers. And now we look ahead to the next game. Hinjin Ryu will take the mound for the Blue Jays, aiming to build on his 3-2 record this season with an ERA of 2.65. Facing Ryu will be none other than veteran ace Max Scherzer, who boasts a 12-6 record with an ERA of 3.91. First pitch will go at 5.07 p.m. And you can tune in to Sportsnet 960 for all the action. Catch the Blue Jays all season long right here on Calgary's home of the Blue Jays, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Thank you, Taylor. Appreciate that. Large amount of Kevin Biggio in that Jays report. Little... I'm sorry, but he's the only one that actually did anything. Hmm. I think there's a personal bias coming in. I have through, a feeling through, there might uh, be. Through the Jays report today. Yeah, I don't know why. Today. Every day. Every day. <laughs> if somebody can explain to me what somebody else did other than Kevin Biggio, I will. I mean, I won't listen to it, but. They scored four runs. He only scored one of them. He was part of the three of four. He scored two runs. Just willing ignorance at this one point. One RBI. Two RBIs. Oh, I guess he had the sack fly. He had the sack fly. I said Jeez. yesterday, if Cam would like to roll back the clip, I said he, he walks matter. and he'll get a couple RBIs. And what does he do? Walks and RBIs. And they lost. So Kevin Biggio is a curse to the team. I don't see, see anybody else producing. It didn't even matter. It's all for naught. Now they got Max Scherzer tonight. Wonderful. Well, Max Scherzer is in a little bit of a slump right now, so... I love the text line. The text line picked up your giant sigh in the Jays report, which was hilarious. 
<laughs> this one says Taylor just has a crush on Biggio. It's true. And Dylan just says you're rocking the Jays report, Taylor, which you are. She's doing it. You hate the attention, don't you? I really do. You just I really it. do. Can't stand it. If any, if anybody's in this studio, we're gonna sing you "Happy Birthday" live on air to make you feel that much more uncomfortable. Oh, please don't. Oh, that'll be good. But while this is playing, get a cake. I am plugging my ears and just going la la la, so I don't hear my own voice. <laughs> this text says the Chase Report brought to you by a sizable donation from Kevin Pichio. <laughs> That's pretty good. Ah, uh, not bad. Good job, text line. You guys are on it today. Well, well done. done. We will take a break, come back on the other side. Let's go down to Winnipeg. Check in with our pal, Andrew the Hustler Patterson. Winnipeg Sports Talk. He's got the latest on the Winnipeg Jets, naming Adam Lowry as their next team captain. Plus a couple of interesting storylines for the Jets heading into training camp. We'll dive into all of that next. This is Sportsnet Today here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Back-to-back days to start the week with a Canadian team naming their next captain. Get everyone in Calgary feeling jealous of Vancouver and Winnipeg. When will we get our captain? Soon. Maybe not tomorrow, but it's coming. Just patience. Waited so long. Why rush into it now? But yes, Vancouver, Quinn Hughes, 15th captain in team history. And today, Adam Lowry gets the C in Winnipeg. Third captain since the Winnipeg Jets returned to Winnipeg. After moving from Atlanta in 2011, Andrew Ladd, who recently retired, and Blake Wheeler, of course, the previous captains in Winnipeg, and now to help chat everything Winnipeg Jets. Very happy to chat with our next guest. Love every time I get to uh, hang out with them. On the air, it's our pal from Winnipeg Sports Talk, Andrew the Hustler Patterson. Hustler, how are you, pal? Logo, what's going on? Good to chat, buddy. Good to chat with you. I know you just finished Winnipeg Sports Talk today, so appreciate you taking the time to hop on with us, pal. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, busy day here in the peg. Some big news. I think I'm sure like you guys, we have been uh, waiting for, well, an announcement like this, uh, some news around the hockey club. There's a lot of things that we thought might happen with the Jets in the offseason. One of them did, the big Dubois trade. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously still lots to talk about Hellebuck and Shifley. But nice to be talking about something else other than that, to be honest with you, today on WST. And that was uh, Calgary native Adam Lowry being named the uh, third captain of Winnipeg Jets 2.0. Yeah, what was the what was the reaction to that? Because I'm, I'm curious, because for Winnipeg, it's kind of, it's different here in Calgary. We've been waiting ever since Mark Giordano was selected in the expansion draft by Seattle. Daryl Sutter kind of had a process here to wait things out in Calgary. But in Winnipeg, Blake Wheeler was still there. He just didn't have the C last year. So I don't know. Was this something that was anticipated for a while? Were Jets fans looking forward to getting a new captain? How did this sort of work out? Um, Yeah, well, listen, it all goes back to last year, right around this time. The first thing Rick Bonus did when he became the head coach of the Winnipeg Jets was strip Blake Wheeler of the captaincy. Um, and leave it as a, you know, sort of an open room with a number of leaders. And Adam Lowry was certainly one of those guys. He, Mark Shifley, and Josh Morrissey were wearing letters last year. And it became very apparent at the end of the season. Um, if you recall, Rick Bonus had that epic meltdown after the Jets no-showed for Game 5 against Vegas. And 
he lost it. And then when the team had their final sort of garbage bag day clean out meeting with the media, um, Blake Wheeler spoke early, maybe first, and said, you know, didn't appreciate the way uh, that, you know, Rick uh, conducted himself, I believe was the quote. And then it was backed up by a number of players. And it was pretty clear that even though you took the C off Blake Wheeler's chest, you know, you can do that. But, I mean, this is a group that had been together for a long time. And, you know, for better or worse, Blake was still sort of the guy. Um, I think that was a big part of the reason why the Jets felt the need after still a productive season for Wheeler last year. He had 55 points. It wasn't like he wasn't doing it on the ice to buy him out and allow him to move on to, uh, to the New York Rangers. So it came down to, you know, coming into training camp. I think there was an expectation that there would be a captain and this was a two horse race. Um, ironically, of two young men from uh, the area that you're broadcasting in right now, <laughs> Southern Alberta, and Adam Lowry and Josh Morrissey. And it's funny, on Winnipeg Sports Talk throughout the year, like just I'll, I'll backtrack a little bit. Um, the team had this great start, um, really. I mean, a, a start that I don't think anyone was prepared for in the first half of the year. At one point, they were in first place in the Western Conference into the new year. Things started going south a little bit for them, and there was a game in late January against the St. Louis Blues, where the team was struggling. They were down 2 nothing in the third period, and Josh Morrissey literally took the team on his back, scored a couple goals. They won. Um, and, and at that point, I said on our show, what are we waiting for? Just put the C on Josh Morrissey right now. Um, well, they didn't do that. And as the season continued, Adam Lowry, who went through like a 30-plus game goal-scoring drought in the middle of the year, in a lot of ways, when things were most dire for the Winnipeg Jets and it looked like they might author one of the biggest um, meltdowns of a team that was in first place to miss the playoffs, he was the guy that put the team on his back. He led the team in goals in the playoffs. He was phenomenal down the stretch, stepped up for one of his teammates and fought up Ryan Reeves one time, and it sort of became clear that he was very much um, the choice that Josh was as well. We've been doing polls. In the middle of the summer, I think it was 48-47. I can't even remember who won. I mean, it was totally wow. split. But at the, but when it came down to it, I think if you talk to any fan of the Winnipeg Jets, they'll realize that they had only two choices, and either of those choices would have been a great one. Like Adam Lowry's still a third-line center right now, so he doesn't have the cachet of that top player that many of the teams have. And I think in Josh's case – he is such an important player of the club and was already shouldering so much of the load without a captain. I think it might actually suit him better to be still a very important part of the leadership group, but a guy that, um, you know, maybe doesn't have to do quite as much of the media responsibilities and things that Adam Lowry is doing. I think no matter who they picked, the other guy was going to be right there with them, supporting them and a big part of that leadership group and not, You know, it could have gone either way. Um, But the reaction to Adam Lowry has been real positive. Everyone knows what this guy's made of. He's played his entire career here in Winnipeg. And he he will make a great captain for a lot of the reasons you look for. And uh, in a leader in any sort of business, he's got the respect of everyone. His character is, um, you know, unquestioned. 
And he had already been a guy that I think had really in the dressing room been the bridge between the wheelers and the older group that had been here for a while and a number of the younger and newer players that are coming here to Winnipeg. Yeah, you mentioned it a little bit earlier, a guy that's got some great Calgary connections here. Every time we've interacted with him here in Calgary, going back even to last month, the Shaw Charity Classic, when him and Josh Morrissey were here helping raise money for the community. Just an up, upstanding guy, a guy that really I think is going to take this on the right way and you know, understanding what it's like to be a captain in a Canadian market. I guess the two guys you mentioned there made the most sense, Hus, for you know, this, this conversation around the captaincy. I'm curious about the third guy in all of this, and that's Mark Shifley, who, let's be honest, you mentioned at the beginning of this conversation is somebody that we weren't necessarily sure was going to be wearing a Winnipeg Jets jersey at this time of the offseason when we uh, remember when we go back to the end of that Vegas series. Were you surprised? Was there a general surprise at all that, that Mark Shifley was a named an assistant captain of this leadership group? Well, I mean, no, because I just think that if they had not continued with Mark with an A on his jersey heading into the season, the optics of that would have created way more problems than it would have solved. Um, like, make no mistake about it, Adam Lowry is – is the guy Josh Morrissey is right there with him. And Mark's still a really important part of this team as long as he's on it. But uh, I, I think to say this as politely as I can, if you look at the last couple of seasons, uh, I don't think Mark has um, displayed many of the qualities that you would want in your captain. Um, you know, it's ended the last two seasons with Mark basically being on completely the opposite page of the head coach. Um, and a guy that, you know, there's no certainty that he's going to be here beyond this season or even part of this season. So I don't think he was ever really considered for the captaincy, but as far as being, you know, one of the leaders, he still has been here for a long time. And I think there'll be other guys like the Brandon Dillons, the Dylan DeMellos, newcomer, Nito Niederreiter, certainly the new guys coming in from LA and Velarde and Alex Iafalo, they're all going to be part of this moving forward. Um, and Shifley's role may diminish, but if they had gone and named one of those other guys, the assistant and Mark Shifley wasn't part of that group, to be honest, that would have been as big a story today, if not bigger than the choice of either Lowry or Morrissey as captain. So I'm not surprised at all on that. Um, and we're just going to see how this season rolls out, um, how Shifley plays, how things go with he and the team and the head coach at the beginning of the season, his performance, the team's performance, because all of that is going to tie in to whether Mark Shifley finds himself on the trade block, like he seemed to be at the uh, earlier part of the summer, or whether there's a possibility that maybe things go much better than they had in the past, and there's some maturing, and maybe there's a spot for him uh, and potentially a contract extension offer from the Winnipeg Jets. But I don't think that's been broached at all right now. They were focused on picking the best guy to be the next captain of the Winnipeg Jets, and it was always going to come down to either Josh Morrissey or Adam Lowry. What would it look like in your mind, the right situation for Mark Shifley to come back? Would it be a, a mix of team success and personal success, or is this just a case of if Mark Shifley can be this team's true number one center the Jets will entertain or look at both ways of trying to bring him back when this season comes to an end? You know, it's a great question, Logan. Um, 
I think there's a number of people that kind of just figured the way things have gone the last couple of years, maybe it was just time to, to move on. A fresh start would be good for both, both parties. But I mean, listen, there wasn't much of a market from all accounts this year for Mark Shifley. I mean, the Winnipeg Jets just don't want to get rid of a 42 goal scoring number one center just to, you know, listen, they paid Blake Wheeler to leave. That's different with Mark. You know, he may have been very, very tight with Blake Wheeler, may have been a part of that group and has a special spot in the organization in the dressing room, but he's way too important to just trade for the sake of it. Um, And listen, I think it was surprising to a lot of people that a guy at his current rate, which is just north of $6 million for his production, that there wasn't more interest in him. But maybe that's a bit of a wake-up call for Mark. I think there's a little bit of reputation um, salvaging that needs to be done. I think he's gotten a rep, you know, fairly or unfairly at some times as maybe a player that's been a little bit more concerned with his own self and the numbers as opposed to everything else happening. And there's certainly been a very legitimate knock on his commitment to doing things in his own end um, that have really hurt the team in the past that haven't been there. For Mark, he's going to come in with a clean slate. Um, He'll have every opportunity to continue to be the offensive catalyst that the Winnipeg Jets have always needed him to be. But I can tell you that if he can show a concerted effort, uh, maybe being a little more defensively responsible, doing a few more of the things that you need your number one center to do that doesn't show up on the score sheet, uh, I think that'll earn him a lot more favor with fans, certainly a lot more favor and leeway with the coaching staff, and maybe might might, might pave the way to a path of a different direction than a lot of people thought was going to be the case at the beginning of the season when we heard Mark Shapley's name thrown around so much heading into the draft of a potential move in the trade. That's funny. So many of the things you just said about uh, Mark Shifley feel like the storylines we've watched in Calgary with a very similar situation uh, with Elias Lindholm and a guy with an expiring contract. And like you said, it, it feels eerily – it's 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 almost about the same situation, Huss, about – you know, hey, upcoming contract, guy right around 30 years old. You can't give these guys up for nothing, but, you know, what the market bears is what the market bears, and sometimes that dictates just as much as what a, a GM like Kevin Dayoff or even a, a Craig Conroy will do in the trade market, and sometimes that changes midseason. Sometimes that changes at, at different points, but it, it's funny the similarities. I know you've had Pat on your show uh, over the summer to talk about it, and it's just been – the, the Calgary-Winnipeg connection in some of these storylines has been pretty remarkable. Yeah, I, I, you know what I mean? I think it's funny because Lindholm, um, you know, I mean, when we talk about centers that were potentially available this summer on expiring contracts at very, very team-friendly deals, um, there was two guys. It was Shifley and it was Elias Lindholm. And we've always heard teams like Boston being involved because of the massive hole they've got from the uh, departures of Bergeron and Krejci. I mean, to me, I think the situations are a little different. Like, I don't think the Jets have engaged Mark Shifley yet at all when it comes to an extension. Okay. I think there's there's very much the feeling that, like, let's see what go, what happens. Um, but I'm not sure that they're convinced that that's the move that they should make. Or maybe it would have happened already. Like, Lindholm, we know that he's got a big decision to make. Calgary has engaged him with the deal, potentially a big money deal to stay there. And and I don't know if Lindholm has as much to prove. I mean, he's been such a great player for the last few years, and everyone knows that he's got it locked down in both ends. Um, so I think there's less for Lindholm to prove, but probably a bigger decision to make in a in a shorter period of time. 
but there are certainly are questions. I mean, when you got your number one guy in the middle um, with a very uncertain future, regardless of what's happening behind the scenes, um, you know, that's going to affect the decision-making and the options to your general manager going forward. And you can certainly make those comparisons between Winnipeg and Calgary. And one of the other funny things too, with the Calgary ties in, we talked about this choice between Josh Morrissey and Adam Lowry to be the next captain of the Winnipeg Jets, which was named today with Adam. Adam is going to be taken to the ice for the first time in regular season play with the C on his chest. In of all places, Calgary, when these two teams, Winnipeg and the, the Jets and the Flames, go at it on October 11th to uh, open up the season. Didn't even think about that until you mentioned it. I'm sure that'll actually make it a little bit cooler for, for Adam. I'm sure the first time at home is going to be one too, but he spends so much time here in Calgary in the summer. That's uh, That'll be cool for him to, you're right, to hit the ice for the first time with that C on his chest in a place he knows so well uh, here in Calgary. Huss, I have to ask you too about, uh, as we head into training camp here, the obvious other situation in Winnipeg that, that didn't get resolved this offseason. How much of a storyline is it for you guys in Winnipeg uh, with the Connor Hellebuck situation as we get closer to training camp, knowing that there wasn't a deal for him yet in the, the offseason to, to move on from him? Well, it's huge. I mean, he is, uh, I mean, if you ask me, and I think a lot of people, he's, their, he's the Jets' best player. I mean, you don't often take steps forward, at least in the short term, by trading your best and most important guy. So I think there is, uh, I think for, for myself at least, and I think a lot of people, somewhat happy that nothing has happened yet. And certainly Elliot Friedman, I think, got some people talking on Winnipeg Sports Talk and in the market here with his report last week that, you know, there's been some more discussions and that there will be further contact when Connor comes back and a sit down with he and his representatives and shovel day off at the beginning of the season. And that the door is not closed. That's a great thing for Winnipeg because I know LeBron reported earlier that it was quite clear that Hellebuck's next contract would not be in Winnipeg. But again, much like the Shifley and Lindholm stories, the goalie market's been a big topic of the off season. And listen, the jets have never had an offer. I think that came even close to making them really considering moving Connor Hellebuck. Um, you know, if the Buffalo Sabres or if the New Jersey Devils want him, not only are they going to have to give up a significant price, but they're going to have to be willing to pay him market value um, that, listen, a lot of teams are kind of trying to avoid right now at the position with just the way things have gone. You look at what happened in Vegas last year, and of course in Boston, you know, Allmark won the Vesna, but was in a borderline time split with Jeremy Swayman. All I'll say is this. If Connor Hellebuck's not a Winnipeg Jet, this team takes a huge step back in the short term, and any deal um, you know, is going to need to you know, make them better, even if it's not as much in the short term, get a number of assets that can really be sold to the fan base and, frankly, to the team that will help in advance. But I do think there's a little bit of a renewed sense of optimism that maybe something can take place, whether it be a long-term or a short-term deal at maybe a higher value that gets Connor Hellebuck what he deserves right now, which is being paid amongst the best goaltenders and the highest-paid goaltenders in the league, um, and stays in Winnipeg for a little while because he uh, he has been worth every penny and more to the Winnipeg Jets. and. Um, it is still hard to think about this team competing 
without Connor Hellebuck, although Loren Brassois is back and he had a great year in Winnipeg and was strong last year down the stretch before he got hurt in the playoffs. And they do have another option. But uh, yeah, make no mistake about it. We focus on the centers and a lot of the top stories, but Hellebuck is the man here in the peg and he will be the story one way or the other until uh, it's rectified. Hus, you're the best. Really appreciate it, man. Thank you as always. Love chatting with you. Thank you again for hopping on right after you finished up. Keep killing it uh, with Winnipeg Sports Talk, pal. Enjoy the Bomber season. They're having a great one. I hope your Chiefs aren't too bad after that tough week one loss, pal. Uh, and other than that, we'll chat with you again uh, pretty soon when hockey season's back among us, hey? Yeah, considering the Kadarius Tony show on Thursday, it made me not bring up the Chargers performance on the weekend. But we'll save that. We'll save that for later on this season. We can just both be happy that uh, we're not Jet fans today because as amazing oh. and thrilling as that win was last night, I mean, what an absolutely devastating way to start the season with Aaron Rodgers going up before he even even completed a pass. Uh, but uh, Hey, you just tell your Raider fans in your life to enjoy it. They're in first place for a week. Yeah, it'll be good. The one time this week they can look uh, look down upon the rest of the AFC West. Huss, you're the best, pal. Take care, pal. We'll talk to you soon, hey? Later, Logan. Thank you, pal. Thank you again. Wes, uh, Hustler Patterson, Andrew, the Hustler Patterson, joining us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar. Guest hotline, uh, longtime friend of the station, former host on this station, uh, and uh, one of the good guys. Of Winnipeg Sports Talk joining us this afternoon, chatting all things Winnipeg Jets. Uh, what a season for them coming up. Adam Lowry is their new captain. Couldn't think of a better guy to, to go forward doing that for the Winnipeg Jets. But man, oh man, if you have to trade your best player a month, two months into the season if you're the Winnipeg Jets because somebody finally is willing to pay up for Connor Hellebuck and you've all of a sudden got to take a bit of a I want to call it a mulligan on the season. Like I said, you're just going to see a completely different team. There's no replacing Connor Hellbuck. There's no next guy in waiting in Winnipeg to take over for what he's done the last couple of years as the Jets' number one goaltender. Uh, and I don't think anyone's going to offer you one back if they're acquiring him in a trade. Uh, and you, that's another question. We've talked about this here in Calgary. Losing guys for nothing, waiting to the trade deadline. That's as big a story in Winnipeg as it is anywhere across the National Hockey League. We are running out of time. We've got to get out of here on this Tuesday. Thank you to Andrew the Hustler Patterson for joining us. Thank you to Kalen Kaler for joining us from The Athletic. We chatted all things NFL with Kalen in Hour 1. Those chats, if you missed them, are going to be available on the podcast, Google, Amazon, Spotify, or your favorite pod catcher. Thank you to my outstanding producers, Cam and Taylor, for their great work today, and thank you, for listening live or on the text line. Appreciate it, as always, right here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. We will be back same time, same place for another edition of Sportsnet today. Keep it locked here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.